Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny V, podcast host and children's author. I also do some work in publishing in acquisitions and publicity. As we hurdle towards one million plays, we'll continue to provide you with the conversational, vulnerable, honest and fun chats with your favourite authors across all genres. Check out our takeover episodes, usually released on a Friday, and our spin-offs released during the month. Thank you for being here, being part of the journey, and supporting Aussie Creatives. Welcome to Words and Nerds. It's a kidlit takeover. A big shout out to, to thank Danny V for letting our kidlit gang commandeer Words and Nerds. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today. I would also like to pay my respects to the elders past and present. Okay, let's start with introductions. I'm Kai Garvey, picture book author and host of Totally Lit Podcast. Um, my first book, Easy Peasy, came out in February. Um, we've also got Double Trouble here today with Jules and Moore and Rory H. Mather joining me to chat picture books. Both are absolute kidlit legends and also my fellow WriteLink buddies. WriteLinks is a wonderful kidlit community based here in Brisbane, which supports local writers with personal development, critiques, and most of all facilitates wonderful friendships. Jules and Rory, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. I'm excited to share that both of you have two books. Yes, that's right. Two books coming out within two months of each other. Um, I'll start with you, Jules. And can you tell me about your books? Sure. Um, so my first book that's coming out is um, a picture book called Nothing Alike. And that's the cover there um, that you can't see on the podcast, obviously. Um, it's a um, book about a white boy who can't tell the two Asian girls in his class apart. Um, so he just, they're just too difficult to tell apart. They have the same dark hair and they look just the same and they even wear the same school uniform. So um, that's, it's, it's sort of a humorous look um, at being a good friend and learning to see people for um, themselves as individuals. And then my second one, so sorry, I didn't mention Nothing Alike is illustrated by Peter Chong and it's published by Bright Light, uh, which is an imprint of Hardy Grant. And then my second picture book coming out is called The Build Up and it is illustrated by Simon O'Carrigan and it's published by Windy Hollow and it's um, all about a young boy on a property in the outback and it's his first experience of rain even though he's about four or five so amazing and and when are those due to come out Julian? uh so nothing alike's on the 16th of august and this is 2023 and the build-ups um for the first of september so it's two Super weeks apart. <laughs> yeah wow yeah. now rory um i'd love to hear about your latest releases what have you got coming out yeah, so um, for context, um, for those listening at home, we're recording this in June because, um, you know, it's a busy schedule with Words and Nerds. Uh, so I've just released um, Sebastian Stands Out, which is a, a picture book about a little chameleon who loves to dance, a bit like myself, um, but is a little bit nervous about um, going down to the, um, the party that's happening in the jungle because they blend in and they're afraid they're going to get squished and squashed and stepped on and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's really a story about being comfortable in your skin and not being afraid to stand out. Um, and I guess there's a little bit of resilience in there too, because he, he doesn't give up sort of thing. Um, 
And then after that, um, in July, I've got, um, oh, sorry, and uh, Sebastian sends out illustrated by um, Sophia Carmazina, um, and she also did all the design work. And I've been um, spamming everyone on social media because it's a really pretty book. Um, it's got a great but, cover. Uh, yeah, it does have a great cover. Um, I think that's, I mean, I like to think that I've written a good story, but I think that it's um, trumped no matter what by the illustrations because they're just so phenomenal. It's the same um, as my book, but a big shout out to all our illustrators. Oh, there's such skilled people. Um, and the second book I've got coming out is um, Book Week Bear, which is illustrated by Ruth Mary Smith. And um, both these are classic books. And it's a story um, about a little girl who um, she's, it's her favorite week's coming up. It's, it's book week. And she's um, meeting up with her best friend, Claire, who was, um, she, she'd been told that she was going to come as a bear. And so she meets up with Claire and then um, chaos kind of ensues. And it's a bit of a story of mistaken identity, but um, with humorous results. So this and, is um, um, your second book about book week as well, isn't it, Rory? Yeah. So I actually wrote it as a sequel to Get Back in Your Books. Um, and then we just decided that it would work better as a standalone. So that meant getting a different illustrator. Um, and yeah, doing it as a completely different um, project. But no, I, yeah, I originally wrote it. So it's written in the same sort of theme so that the main character doesn't actually have a name because um, the character in Get Back in Your Books didn't have a name either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so if you like to Get Back in Your Books, hopefully you'll like Book Week Bear. Amazing. And I had not thought of this when I was writing my book, but um, there is so much activity around Book Week with with our books once they're released and um, Julian and I were both at a book launch on the weekend where they were demonstrating how you could turn the character into a book week costume and I was like oh that's I wonder if I should be thinking of that when I'm writing but um, uh, yeah how do you make it it is something to think about that there'll be kids all over Australia maybe dressing up as your character. Yeah was that for um, Mr. Impopable? Yes yeah um, yeah, it was a great launch. Uh, what, what's your good yeah. Name? yeah um he did a great job Brent the illustrator he got up and um he sort of did a little strip tease at you know five o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> took his shirt off and showed how he just had a white t-shirt underneath just put blue duct tape across it and um sort of made it into a stripy top um then had like the cutout picture um that he stuck on a stick and yeah how how easy it is to make um, a costume. So, yeah, it was great. I think um, really if nothing alike, it'll be easy because they can just get newspaper and fold it into hats and wear their school uniform. So I think <laughs> it'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, so now the one thing I wanted to talk to you about, with having so many books coming out all at once, how are you going to manage your book launches? Mm, I might ask a Rory to talk about that first, if you don't mind, Rory, because I'm more seasoned. <laughs> well, this is actually my second time having two books in two months. The first time I had it, it was with um, I had Easter Catastrophe and Flads in Love, and that was a lot harder because they were um, with two different publishers, so I was a bit more nervous. I don't think publishers really would care that much, and like the publisher wasn't involved at all in the launch so much, but um, I was really nervous about um making sure I promoted each as equally as the other um, to, just to, you know, do the right thing. Um, but these two books being with Scholastic, it's it's not as hard as that. So I've got um, – I'm doing a book launch here in Toowoomba where I am, um, and that's going to be on the um, 
first of July, and I'm just gonna. Um, I've done a few up here, so I'm pretty used to them. I, I, I get pretty much the same crowd every time, about 15, 20 people with some um, kids involved and, you know, get, get a few craft activities going. And I think with that, it's it's just important to just have fun with it. So, like, I don't I don't actually plan it out too much. Like, I know a lot of people with book launches have, have uh, specialised cakes and all sorts of fancy things, and I always think they look amazing for socials and they, and they look really good too, but I'm also pretty cheap. So <laughs> most I ever do, I, I've like – I'll go. I'll, I'll go online. If like if if a book doesn't have its own um, craft activities that the publishers provided, I'll just go online and I'll um. So I I could, you know, I could I could Google um uh, chameleon coloring in, and I guarantee you there would be some coloring in um mm. activities for a chameleon. Um, and so yeah, I just go. I would just go print off some some of that, and I I own a whole heap of textures. Um, that are, make sure that you get the ones that um wash out of kids' clothes though because you don't want to be the responsible for that. You don't want to get a, a uh, message from an angry parent saying you've ruined my kid's favourite shirt. But uh, no, apart from that, so I've got that one. That. Yeah, the little things you got to think about. So I've got that one happening in, um, in Toowoomba, but I'm also having one in Brisbane and I've got an amazing um, co-host. Uh, do you know who that is? Oh, I wonder who that could be. It's not even Kai. Everyone's expecting you to say it's Pi. <laughs> but it's me. It's Shulin. Everybody yeah, has to have Shulin. It's like tradition. And I think she's yeah. like, oh, please give me a break. Well, yeah, well, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel a little bit bad for asking, but like, yeah, I have seen Shulin do so many. Um, I actually have never actually attended one that you've done, I don't think, but I've seen yeah. you do so many. I mean, they all look so fun. And I just thought, well, you know, get the season. I don't feel like it's a book launch in Brisbane without, like, I want the official stamp. It's, it's tradition. The official stamp, yeah. We go, we go uh, to you. where the wild things are and we have Shulin. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm breaking the trend a little bit because I'm going to um, the Quick Brown Fox. Oh, um, I love that there. I've, I've had yeah, one visit there. Well, I went to a book launch there late last year in 2022 and um, I just thought it was just a, a really beautiful little store and um, I don't know. I've have I've have had one that um, where the wild things are before, and it was wonderful. But I just thought, yeah, I just like to try try somewhere else. And because I'm not from Brisbane, um, so I have to always ask my Brisbane peeps, yeah, where's convenient. Um, but uh, no, apparently it's apparently it's not too hard to get to. So I thought, yeah, it's um, easy parking, lovely yeah. owners, um, yeah. and yeah, a nice area. It's only fifteen minutes from my place, which is convenient. So. Yeah, and hopefully being in winter, it won't be too hot because mm. I went there. The last one I went to was in December, um, and it was a really hot day. And I arrived. I arrived. It was, it was also on a Sunday, so our, our one's um, on the 9th of July, uh, Sunday. And I arrived um, there, the one in December on a Sunday, and um, it was closed. I should have looked ahead of time to see whether the bookshop was going to be open, but it was closed, and so I had an hour and a half to kill. Oh, and I no. just I in went looking heat. for it. Yeah, I went looking for a um a coffee shop and got completely lost and ended up being a real sweaty mess by the time it came to do the book launch. Um, but fortunately it wasn't my book I was launching, so I was I was able to just sit in the background and fan myself with my hands. But yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, well, yeah, that's going to be a great day. So um, for listeners, I also launched um, Kai's book. So Yeah, the, it was um, fantastic. Yeah, so, um, easy peasy, the roller skating. I'm wearing your little Hello Kitty on roller oh, skates. Oh, amazing. That you got me. <laughs> that was nice. A little thank um, you gift for hosting for me. Yeah. Um, so my launch is coming up. So I don't know. I've got one organised um, and that's out of town one. That's in Sydney at, at Glebe Books. So that's I'm exciting. Say the, Interstate. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting <laughs> um, because Glebe Books was a um, really lovely bookstore that I used to frequent a lot when I was at uni. And um, yeah, so it brings back nice memories for me. It's going to be on the 20th of August at 10 a.m. And so hopefully you're listening and <laughs> come along. Um, hopefully we'll be released like in time and everyone will show up. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the first um, week of, uh, the first day of book week. And um, I've actually got a very special guest who I'll just tell you that now because by then it will have come out. Um, it's who, the person who's emceeing it is Valerie Koo from the Australian Writers' <laughs> Centre. Oh, that's oh, amazing. Wow. Julian, wow. Yeah, can you believe nice it? Nice work. Did yeah, you just I'm ask? Is that how that happened? Yeah, yeah, I just asked. Got to be brave. <laughs> just do it. Well, I did that too for you. Yeah. I felt pretty nervous. <laughs> I'm so terrifying. Terrifyingly famous. Oh, I'm yeah, glad she so, said yes. So, yeah, sometimes mm, you put yourself out there and you get shut down, and other times it just goes wonderfully. So. Yeah, yeah. So look out for that one. And then the Brisbane one, I don't have a confirmed date, but it will be at Where the Wild Things Are. And it's going to actually, I'm going to buck, buck the trend and do an evening event. Um, and adults oh, only. Because there can be event. wine. <laughs> yeah. So that, that will be um, actually Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah, yes. that's right. Um, Kidlet so authors be... like to drink wine as well. So. <laughs> yeah, and like obviously, if you um, need, like, if you're at home and you need to bring a young child along, like, they're to totally welcome. It's just not going to be set up for kids. It's just going to be for um, me and all the people that I've bored about um, the book, like, over the years, and like, so basically, my friends and colleagues, and um, so I just wanted it to be a fun party for me. <laughs> So it's going to be like really my think, enjoy it um, and that's what I've been doing with my launch I did the original launch at where the wild things are and then I sort of booked out every bookshop in Brisbane and said I'll come and do story time and my dad said to me oh have they invited you to come along do they know who you are and I'm like no no I'm just enforcing myself <laughs> On everyone, I've just said, here I am, let me come. Um, and, yeah, because I just want to make the most of this opportunity as well because you, you don't know what is around the corner in terms of your writing career. And I'm like, well, let's just embrace it, enjoy it. And, yeah, it's do, been do, a hard journey to get here. So that's right. I do definitely envy um, your authors that live in capital cities because in Toowoomba there's um, – there's four bookshops. There's a Dimmicks, a QBD, and the QBD rarely ever stocks my my books. Um, oh, they didn't Dimmicks have mine been, either. Dimmicks has been wonderful. Um, there's a another small independent bookstore which they're pretty good, and there's a Christian bookstore which don't stock my books either. So, is yeah, it the very book tree up there? Is that yeah, the book? The book tree is one yeah. of the good ones. So they're they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm going to be popping in there to sign a few copies of books, but yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, that's. I just walked into Dimix. I I googled on their website and then it showed me which store had a copy. I just whilst did it. Can I have a photo with my book, please? <laughs> so, some of it is all smoke and mirrors in terms of what you're sharing on social media, but um, it's also heaps of fun as well. Just to, you know, go. Oh, look, it's in a in a, think, a real bookstore. <laughs> I think you have to be prepared to pick up your book and move it to the um, section of the store that has like the top ten releases and just put your book at number one. And then just take a picture, and then yep. who who can prove you wrong? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know a certain librarian, um, Sandia. She said she was in her library the other day working, and she saw my book, and she moved it up to the top so people could see it. So it's the kindness of our supporters as well that really helps us with our books in our career. Yeah, uh, okay, so we've talked about launches. Now I'd like to talk about agents. Now you guys are both agented authors. Um, can you tell me about your experiences finding an agent and, and how has it been now that you're signed? I might let you go first again, Rory, because you've okay. had yeah, All right. a longer experience. Well, I, well, I've had two agents. Um, so I was I, I got my first agent in 2019 and I've been writing for three years prior to that. So I have been under-agented and um, seeing heaps of unsolicited manuscripts before, and I can say it's a lot easier with an agent. Um, it's e easier in terms of like getting to publishers which you can't normally access, like some of the big ones like Scholastic, for example. I would never have gone in with them if I hadn't had an agent. Um, there are like difficulties as well because um, you lose a little bit of the control, and for me that's never been an issue because I'm – I, I quite like having someone to um, who's taken a bit of responsibility for my career and my um, and it's like keeping track of where I'm submitting things. So I'm, I'm terrible. I don't. I never kept a spreadsheet. I wish I had. No. Um, I don't think I doubled up too much. Ask Danny V. She's a big. She loves the spreadsheet. Yeah, but um, no. So I, I had that agent, and I had that agent till um, mid 2021, and then my new agent um, signed me up in November 2021, and. It's been like the first agent was great. Um, the second agent's been even more amazing because my current agent is Margaret Connolly, and Margaret's been around the industry for um, a fair while. Like I think on her website, she started her own agency in about 1992. Um, so she's been around. She represents some amazing authors that I just am in total awe of. But she's also got so many great relationships with publishers and with mm. editors and and people in the industry. So. Um, it just makes it that much easier to um so like I can I can say to Margaret, or oh, how do you feel about submitting to this um publisher? And she'll say, Well, yeah, I'll I'll have a call with this person or um or maybe maybe them they're not the right publisher for right now. So she just has so much knowledge that as an author, you just it's impossible really to get that knowledge. And um Yeah, I, the the learning can be challenging to find out all that low down information that may not you don't really know yeah. what publishers are looking for and whether your stuff is the right fit. So having an agent sounds like that's great for you, Rory. And yeah, to get in no, with Scholastic, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, I've, my dream is just to get in with every publisher. To be honest, I'd love to have, I'd love to have a, a bookcase. It's probably, not, it's probably not the ideal um, message to be sending out to publishers that you want to shop your work around. But I would love to have a bookcase with, like, you know, the little, yeah. the little Walker Bear and um, a little penguin from Penguin and Ren's House. So and, cute. Um, yeah, I'd, just, I'd love to have everything. So, but anyway, yeah, having an agent is wonderful. 
Amazing. And Julian, you've got a yeah. different, a bit of a different experience with an agent. Do you want to yeah, share it with so us? It's a- it sounds like Rory and I started at the same time, so about 2016, And um, but I didn't get an agent in 2019, I wish. Um, I, it took me till 2021, um, so that's, what, five years. Um, and, yeah, I was... It was it was the manuscript for Nothing Alike that got me an agent, and I actually had a few offers, so it was just one of those timing things and the right manuscript. I had submitted other manuscripts um, to lots of agents, so I'd had lots and lots of rejections, like everyone does. And um, yeah, I found that um, there's not many Australian agents, as you're probably all aware. And um, so I just branched out and um, submitted very widely. I submitted to US and UK agents as well. And yeah. Um, and once again, I some I, I did, um, yeah, I had lots and lots of rejections, lots of silence, um, some kind, some personalised rejections. And um, then it was the manuscript, I think, that, that people really wanted. Um, and so I had a few offers and that was really um, actually like, you know, when you're waiting and hoping and playing for something for so long. And then like I got a few offers um well a few yeah like a few calls and then a few offers and then um it's actually really stressful because then you're sort of not not wanting to burn any bridges and um you know like really having to think about what you want in an agent and um in the end I went with um my agent Amy Thrill Flynn who (laughs) yes Rory are you putting your hand up he's just chilling out (laughs) He's just stretching his index finger. Um, Yeah, so um, Amy is at um, an agent with um, Reuben Pfeffer content in um, outside Boston and they're a small, like, you know, boutique company Um, and she's, I just find her so lovely. Um, She was new to agenting when I um, sent to her and... I was tossing up whether to send to another agent in the um, agency who had sent me a kind personalised rejection on a previous manuscript. And then I I was just sort of sitting there and I just thought, I'm just going to take a chance on this new one. She was only an associate agent at that time, so she was learning the ropes from the principal, um, who was Reuben Pfeffer. And, um, yeah, and I just, yeah, it was just on the whim and... I sent it off and I actually mistook her for someone else because I Googled her and I said, oh, I see that you're in 12 by 12 as well. And um, she she wrote back and said, no, I'm not. I, th- this is me. This is my LinkedIn page. And then I was very impressed by her qualifications. She had worked as an editor at um, Harcourt Mifflin, um, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt um, in the US. And she was also a um, lecturer at um, a private university in in Boston in children's literature. So I just, anyway, I just met her online and I had a meeting and I just gelled with her. So she's been very, very wonderful. And um, yeah, that's how I got the agent. But when, um, I don't know, people always in our little groups and stuff, they're always like, so how do you get an agent? And I think you just have to, 
just like you do with everything in this industry. You just have to do your research and you just have to, I, I swear by the spreadsheet, Rory, my, my spreadsheets are very messy. I, I'm very good at starting them and, um, but I also, I tend to overanalyze and I end up with 12 sheets. <laughs> um, it's just really stupid. But um, so I have shared mine with some friends and I don't know how helpful it's been because there's just been a gazillion and like you know bars on them all and total I get totally over obsessed by looking up people's manuscript wish lists and stuff but um yeah I think you've just got to be systematic and just be confident as well and because uh, I think everyone hears so many stories about how long it takes to get published but um I think they forget that the industry needs content so, um, you know, if you've got something to say and you've worked at your craft and um, if you've read a lot of books, um, I, I do find it interesting that a lot of people seem to not have read many books. <laughs> um, they sort of want to get a book published, but they haven't really read many. But, um, yeah, sorry, is that my dog in the background? Can you hear that? No? Okay, good. I'm um, snoring yeah. at my feet. I've been worried you can hear it. <laughs> No. Um, yeah, so I just think um, obviously in Australia you don't need an agent, um, but I um, I just sort of read somewhere that why not start with the agent because if you have, I, I do hear people in my group as well saying, oh, I've now submitted to, you know, seven um, publishers, that, like the only ones that are open to unsolicited and then, you sort of read their manuscript and you just think this is a really good manuscript. Um, like, you know, you could have probably got an agent with this and, but it's too late then because they've mm -hmm. already submitted to seven. And so no agent really wants to touch it probably. I find it I challenging. Say... Oh, sorry, Rory, go ahead. That's all right. You, you go, you go. I find it challenging that like my best manuscript is already published. So I can't use that now for an agent. <laughs> like I've got to write something better. I think um yeah. one thing that, that an agent opens you up to too though is uh when you're submitting through a slush pile and we've all done it you, you're just going to we well, don't know who you're going to essentially but in every publishing house or in most publishing houses there's multiple people who um might be the right person for your particular manuscript and it's if it's having that person see it first before um someone else sees it and says oh no i don't think this would work because um I, just, I know even with like with um, having an agent, um, Margaret will say, I'm going to submit to this person because I think this person in particular is looking for this sort of thing. So, and and then they're going to convince their colleagues that that's the manuscript to go with. So um, it just opens opens your opportunities up so much more. But um, I also sent to so many publishers and um, agents overseas. And so just one quick tip for um, people at home, or two quick tips. Uh, if you're looking for agents overseas, one thing you can do is if you're reading heaps of picture books or whatever it is you're writing, if you go to those authors' websites, oftentimes on their contact pages, they'll have who represents them. So you can then go to um, the agent's website and, and see if they're open for submissions and so, so on and so forth, or if there's someone else there, another agent who might be. But also there's a book um, you can buy, comes out every year called The Children's Rise and Illustrator's Market. Um, and it's got a list of um, agents and editors and publishers and all that and what they're looking for. And it sort of breaks down like what genre, some of them go into full detail, what they're looking for. And it does change. So like 
when the book comes out, they might be open. And then when by the time it um you buy it, it they might have closed their submissions. But you can look at, look up their website and and then um see if they're still open. And it just opens you up to like if you're searching. If you just search literary agents, you'll come up with thousands, but this gives you a bit of a more targeted way of, of doing your research. And I, I had a copy of it that I um, got given and I actually did do, Sheila and I did do a spreadsheet when I was submitting to the um, US agents. I didn't have any any success, but uh, no, I, I think that was a good, like even though it didn't work out for me in that regard, I think it's a good little resource to have um, to, yeah. yeah, give you some idea of where to approach. Yeah. And also, I think just um, paying for a, a publisher's marketplace just for a month or two while you're doing mm. your submissions. It's I think it's only about $12.50 US or something um, just for a month subscription. And you can get a lot of research. You know, you can do a lot. But you have to remember, you have to be a bit savvy when you're using that as well because, like, you know, one of the agents I applied to, I um, submitted to, very famous, um, big names, and I, and I did it like that, Rory. It, I looked at the authors that I loved and then I found out that some of them had the same agent, so I definitely wanted to submit to her. And um, But she's got hardly any deals listed there. So I've seen in groups, like, obviously newer writers saying, oh, is this person legit? She doesn't have many deals. And I just think, oh, my God, she's a super agent. Like, she doesn't need to submit her deals there because she's probably too busy already. Um, mm. So you've just got to be a little bit aware of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, the last question that I have for you both is about resilience in the kit lit industry because um, it is a long time, like it's five years of work just to get to your first publication or your first agent. How do you stay resilient while you're persevering? Uh, <laughs> Rory's, Rory's pointing at you. Pickle finger of fate or whatever it is. <laughs> magic finger out pointing at me Um, how how do I stay resilient um well um I think you've got to um realize that it's not everything in your life so you can't put all your eggs in one basket so you've got to maintain your friendships and your relationships um because when things go pear-shaped those are the people that are going to support you um and um in terms of getting rejection I don't know if I'm just really arrogant (laughs) I don't know like I'm very like I do have a lot of fear about some like um the reception to my books coming out because they're a little bit different but um in terms of getting them over the line in the first place, I just had complete faith in them because I just really felt passionate about what I was writing about. And um, people would often say, like critique partners and stuff would set, bring up things, but I, I probably should have listened to them. But I, I, I took a lot on board, but there were some things I just did, really didn't want to change. And um, I feel that that's how I'm going to be probably if I get bad feedback as well because there's just some things that I think some people won't get about my books, but I can't really help that because um, like I know amazing books and novels and movies that I've seen and I've heard people totally um, diss them and I just think, oh, my God, did you read it like that? Like how did you even read it or how did you even get that out of that film? <laughs> so I just sort of think you can't 
really please everyone. So try to remember that and that might help with resilience. And you, Rory? Well, I'm going to just quote, um, I saw a quote from Sean Avery um, the other day, which was about about what to do sort of thing. So he just said, publisher not replying to you, make more books. Agent ignoring you, make more books. Friends books better than your books, make more books. And I think that's really it. Like if you just don't, I think the, the worst thing an author can do is write something and think that's the bee's knees and I'm not going to do anything else until this is across the line somewhere because um, ideas make, like if you have one good idea and then you try and just keep writing more ideas and better ideas will keep coming. So I think you just have to keep writing constantly. And um, you might think one day, oh, you, you that you'll run out of ideas, but honestly, you just don't. And there's always more better ideas out in the, in the ether. So I think, um, yeah, just just keep writing it when it comes to when it comes to if you're getting rejections, if you're um, hearing nothing, then just yeah, just keep writing and you'll you'll keep improving. But also, I think. I mean, it's just part of the business. So, like, I like people. People see the success. success. Like, I every time I'm a, I'm a I'm a constant bragger. So, like, I I saw um Shewan said like um something about people who who do uh, unboxing videos. I always do unboxing videos. I, I'm I'm always on the social media. But I I I'll announce a new contract and people put fire emojis and oh you're on fire. But they're not seeing that that's that's the one contract I got, but I probably wrote maybe ten or twelve manuscripts between that one that manuscript getting picked up and the, the one prior to it or the one after it. So like it's I'm constantly getting heaps of rejection. I get way more rejection than I I get yeses, and I think you just have to be um, okay with that. Amazing. Yeah. I, I think I feel like I'm a real author when I get rejections. I'm like it's part of the process. Everybody gets. Okay, so now that your books are out in the world, what what would you like to see your books achieve? Julian, would you like to tell me first? Yeah, sure. Um, so, of course, I'd love both my books to achieve world domination and be published in multiple territories <laughs> overseas <laughs> and be loved and cherished by generations of children to come. Um, but I think most of all, with nothing alike, um, I just want it to um show that I, I want all children to love it and all families um not just anyone who's been in the situation themselves um so I don't want it to just appeal to Asian kids um mm. it was based on my son who is white passing and um I, I think he really finds it funny I just want um I want it to be a way that we can talk about race in a funny way and in a way that is accessible and not um, making anyone feel bad about any um, behaviours that they have or any um, assumptions that they make or any ways that they talk about race um, because I don't like the idea of anyone feeling ashamed for feelings that they have. I'd just mm. rather um, have it as an example of a conversation starter and a way that we can open up the conversation about something that's quite important in our community mm. um, and hopefully show kids how they can be better friends. I love to hear people. that. That's um, some of my manuscripts are about autism as both my sons have autism and they haven't been picked up by anyone yet, but I really want those messages of understanding and inclusivity to be out in the world, regardless of whether it's what race you are, what 
condition you may have or what size you are, all those sort of things. Um, so that sounds like a beautiful message to send out into the world, children. What about you, Rory? What do you envisage for your books? Uh, well, um, 10 million copies sold by um, <laughs> 12 months' time, no I guess, would be, be all right. And uh, no, and so, no, I, I like Sebastian stands out. Um, I hope that that empowers um, some kids to um, to be themselves and whatnot. But I, I gotta be honest. So, Sebastian stands out is my seventh picture book, and I would really love, like, and it's a, it's a big ask. So, no pressure if it doesn't do this. But what I would really love is, you know, when like now I sit with even like um, my colleagues, some of my fellow writers' books at the moment. Um, where you, you know when you go to like a big W or a Target or a bookstore and it's just a book that's constantly there, like not because it's not being sold, it's like it's being sold and 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 the and the um they they're restocking, restocking. It. yeah, like you know yeah. like, like I, I would love that because I think that's like I want to become like you know we've just celebrated um uh Possum Magic's fortieth anniversary and. Yes, so I, I reread my copy of Where's My Teddy by Jess Albro, and that was a um, 25-year edition, and I think it's now up to 35 or something like that. So I'd love it to be one of those books that just has longevity because I, th- I feel like it's a it's a um, good a great um, great message to it, but it's also just I feel like uh, I feel like Sophia, the the illustrator and designer, has put in a lot of work to make it really stand out and make it. A really special book and i think it deserves that to be honest like um yeah. and yeah I, and it'd just be it'd be, it'd be nice like i would i mean obviously i'd also love new york times best selling list um cbca book of the year um uh, look if they're willing to go national sim- simultaneous story time as well i'm not gonna say no <laughs> but honestly I, as long as as long as some people enjoy it that's the main thing like i anything else on top of that's icing the cake but i mean yeah if any other things happen to happen that's that's great too Having well, a I haven't seen writing. it. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in real life yet. But I saw that um, sneak peek that you showed me, and um, months ago, and I just thought it was. I thought it had all the potential for it to be a total modern classic, like um, oh, always restocking on the shelves. So I hope it oh, does thank too. You. And go national simultaneous story time. I think it's 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 probably not, it's. I think it has to be a new book for for that. For national simulation story time, but yeah, like um, you know, like the my, my well, one of my favorite authors, and um, I'm probably going to get. I think he, well, he is a good author, but like he's also like very commercial. I love Aaron Blaby. Like I love Aaron Blaby's style. I think his his illustration style is his um his humor. I'm also not alone because he's um one of the best selling authors of our current era. But I really love like how Thelma the Unicorn was just a single standalone story um, about, and it, it, it's another book that's like got a, a nice message to it. Um, and it's got humor um, and it's just, it's, it's had longevity and obviously it's helped by Pig the Pug and um, the bad guys and other books, but I think just by itself, it just did really well. And I'd love this to be my unicorn. Cool. I think having a sustainable writing career is something that we all aspire to, but I, I think my, I need to set my um, sights higher because I recently was Googling myself and looking up where my book was in the libraries and I found it 
um, at Aiken Vale Library in Townsville and that's where uh, I spent some time growing up in Townsville and I'm like oh they've got the, my local library has a copy of my book I'm so excited oh, <laughs> so that's that, really special it's funny the little thrills that you can find by um, just checking out oh Brisbane City Council Library has 32 copies of my book and 27 of them are borrowed out like that's really exciting <laughs> for me um, and just the thought of all those books out in people's homes as well like that we're really touching children's hearts and and sharing the love of reading with them yeah so I need to yeah, aim higher for yeah. best-selling books Rory well no but you like you do need to it is something you need to do like you need to like google your, your books because it's crazy how many times like I'll, I'll google get back in your books and there'll be um some lib- librarian somewhere is reading it on youtube and and um they probably should ask permission of Scholastic, not me, but um, whether they have or they have, I don't know. But it's cool to watch. Like, it's cool to see. It's just cool to see people interacting with your book. And, like, I remember I definitely – I did a post and screenshotted um, the first time I saw one of my books at my public library, like, on, on the catalogue. And um, and it is one of those things where at a certain point you, you kind of start taking it for granted, but you do need to step back and, and realise how special those small things are. Mm. Ah, because they're not small. Like they are, they're big deals, and like you, they're massive achievements. Yeah, yeah. if you've got all yeah. that ahead of you, Julian, it's coming. Yeah, thanks, ladies. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today and sharing um, your experiences uh, with your picture books. Uh, best of luck on your launches and achieving world domination. 